Craig. I'll take my golf clubs back, please. No, I took those as payment for your EBDB Prime account. I don't, I don't have an EBDB Prime account. You have an EBDB Prime account. I, I, then cancel it. I don't want it anymore. If you want to cancel it, you need to log on. What's your password? Just give me back my golf clubs. If you can't remember your password, we're going to have to start the retrieval process. Oh, my God. You read these letters to me, sir. No, I can't. This is nothing, Taco. Gupta wrote those down. I think they're in Sanskrit. He also drinks, so I can't be sure. I'm going to put you on hold, sir. No. 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 <laughs> Taco! Thank you for holding, sir. I'm Taco with customer service. How's your day going today? Shitty! Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Let's go ahead and reset your account, sir. I'm going to send you a security code, and I'm going to need you to read it back to me. You should be receiving it right now. U87E pooping elephant 497 penis smiley face. That is correct, sir. Now that we've confirmed your identity, I'm going to need you to enter a new password. <laughs> you! You're going to need a different one. Ruxin's using that. Ah, go f yourself. That's Andre's. Another week of SVS fly fishing and podcasting. What's going on, boys? Did Michael McDonald steal that from uh, Nate Dog and uh, Regulators? Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually was probably his song first. I'd imagine. One hundred percent. This yeah. was Michael McDonald's song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, good. It's got a good beat to it, or a good, you know, good. You think? You think there, yeah. bud? Come in, I always wait for rapping. I know. I always wait up for uh, regulators to come on after I hear that beat. But as of tonight, it's all Michael McDonald all the time. <laughs> tonight, uh, we have a guest, Max Meyer. And uh, what, next week we have Michael McNaught yep, coming next on. Week. You're both Monster Mesh. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. Sounds like a good time. So... 
Tonight's show brought to us by Predator Flagger. Check them out at PredatorFlagger.com. Yeti, built for the wild. Anything you need for this time of the year, check them out at Yeti.com. Sims Fishing. Find them at SimsFishing.com. Also, Urban Fly Company at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Saddles and possibly some bucktails. Also, find supplies for potentially next year if your seasons are done. And there's still some availability for... Mark could tell you some of them still have flies, right? Oh, yeah. Dots, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Mark is all about time to squirmy wormies. Hey, they work, man. I'm gonna, I'm a true uh, believer now. I, I definitely got a couple fish on the pink worm under he, my belt. I'll do you he, a squirmy wormy and a mop. He likes the articulated <clears throat> mop flies, predator style. <laughs> With a treble in the back. That's right. Mini <laughs> one. But and lots of lead. The mop game changer, I'm sure you've seen that, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, Sven Diesel. That's pretty dope. <laughs> it was just like a year ago this year, or this week. Likey. Um, also, tonight's show brought to us by Why Not Fishing. Check them out, whynotfishing.com. Yep. They don't have many trebles, but uh, A-Rex hooks. All your musky flies and trout and everything in between. They do have some doubles. Mm-hmm. They do got doubles. Nice salmon salmon hooks. They are. If we fish for salmon more, I'd be tie on those. Cool. Yeti, built for the wild. We're not We're not done? I think we're done. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, I, so tell, I, us, tell us what's been going on, man. Adventures, man. Vast adventures. Whether whether you see me in the smallest like couple of trees out there off the side of the road, believe me, my dreams are big. Do do you want people to beep at you like I did? Fucking A. <laughs> Cheer for me. Cheer for me. Cheer me on. It's on the way home, did I? No. Earlier this week, I saw Jace uh, perusing. <laughs> the, the the lanes of woods that we got, there's like little strips, and I'm I'm hunting them, boy. He was cuddled up beside his truck, putting putting camis on and stuff. I think I was taking clothes off because it was getting hot, and then going back to the grind. So, so got I some horns. Beep 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 beep. Yeah, I got, I got some horns out. Went and rattled in another area. Had the wind. Wind was working with. It was actually a windy day, so I took advantage to see what I could do. I knew I know where a buck's hiding, but uh. I was sneaking in. I was like, oh, let me change locations after I rattled once. I was like, maybe they can't hear quite quite the uh, area where, like, tall weeds so I could move around pretty freely. Snuck up to this power line, and I catch some movement. I'm like, oh, man, game on, game on. And end up being, like, a power line worker's white helmet. <laughs> you about to catch one up to the head. Went, Ding! I was like, man, what the hell are you doing down here? So you're doing a spot and stalk on a power line worker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, shit gets hot quick, and I know I got to be ready. So I, I was definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't need I don't need my heart rate going up for nothing, bud. What the fuck? <laughs> Scared the shit out of me, man. I was like, what the hell is that? It's moving. It's moving. Oh. Should have pushed the deer right to me, but I didn't see shit that... That well, that morning, then I kept hunting and hunting and keep hunting. I was seeing bucks left and right, bucks walking under me, rutted up bucks, bucks with no rack, barely little racks like spikes, and they're ready to go too though. Then they're they're wilding out, but uh, they got woodies as well. Oh, dude, just been an awesome week in the woods, no doubt about it. And then I I slipped <laughs> away from that, and uh, I haven't seen bucks chasing any does. I haven't really seen bucks with does, but I'm just seeing bucks. Bucks are on their feet, late mornings, you know, early afternoons, and they're cruising. They're looking for something. I'm, I don't know what the hell. I've seen deer, like, sm- a couple young bucks I had come in. This was yesterday morning, 
9.45, I'm thinking about getting down. I'm getting reports of other guys whacking them over in PA. I'm like, ah, shit, nothing's happening, (laughs) you know? But three bucks came, like they were all following each other. They all end up splitting up right by me, but I watched this half-rack two-point. It was, every hair on it was stood up. Like, he was puffed, you know? He looked like a big fuzzy bear. And uh, he come right under me, didn't pay me no mind. He looked at me in my face, and I closed my eyes, which that's my... That's my signature move, so if you want to use that, feel free. <laughs> he looked at me in my face. <laughs> look down, when, when them deer look at you, don't show them your eyeballs because you're going to lose right after that, or if you are able to get a shot, they're going to be on edge. So that eye contact shit, get, lose that if that's in your book. So Or don't look at them. Don't, don't, it's just how it goes, whether, whether it's a deer you're shooting or not. It's weird because they'll bust you and could potentially ruin your hunt. Uh, I ain't in for that shit. You start snorting, you might go down. <laughs> so speaking of going down, I want to hear more about this deer story, but we do have to give Max a call. Awesome. I even got a steelhead trip story, man. All about it, man. You are Mr. Babe Winkledick. Well, when it's fall and they're... Babe Winkledick. Dude, they're projecting bad weather coming, man. Get it in. Get the good stuff in while you can. Get it in. Not like Jay, right? Well, yeah, we'll be coming back with uh, <laughs> more stories from Mark SBS. Mark and Chad and I took a, a musky fish that... Mark got a, like a few days off, so he's gonna he's been musky fishing and hunting's been intense, dude. It's a great fall. It's it's full blown fall, and we better do it before it's full blown cold. Yeah, shit's on right now. We'll be right back. And we are back with Max Meyer. What's happening, Max? Oh, not a whole lot. Just hanging out in Eau Claire. Good deal, man. So, uh, hey, can you give a little brief introduction about yourself for everyone? Uh, yeah, my name is Max Meyer, and uh, I'm a fishing guide uh, out in Alaska and in the western part of Wisconsin uh, for muskies on the fly. And uh, I, I'm just a fish bum that likes to fish a lot. Nice, man. Um, let's start, uh, you said you started your guiding career in Alaska, so let's start there, correct? Yep, yep, correct. So how did you go about starting guiding in Alaska? Because you don't sound like you're from Alaska, right? No, correct. I'm from Milwaukee. Okay. <laughs> yep. But uh, I got into it. Um, I always kind of thought of it as an idea, but um, I didn't know how to get into it. So I emailed a few a few guide outfitters around in Wisconsin, and uh, pretty much everyone recommended starting out in, like, Alaska or Montana. It's, like, a hot spot for fisheries. And... Uh, so I just Googled Alaskan Lodge jobs, and that was, like, the third result that came up in the Tichik Narrows Lodge. And I applied for the job there and got it. So do people recommend Alaska or Montana because of the quantity of uh, people you would be guiding per season? And you get just, like, a lot of reps? Yeah, I think there's just a, a bigger demand in those states. Uh a lot of people want to go there for destination fishing, so uh, there, there's just a lot of outfits you can get into. Cool, man. So what part of Alaska are you guiding in? Um, I'm in southwest Alaska, Bristol Bay. Uh, the nearest fishing town is Dillingham, which is about a 70-mile plane ride to the lodge that I work at. And... Uh, I, I fished the Nushigak River, so I actually camped on that all summer. Spent 12 and a half weeks in a tent out there this summer, and uh, we're just catching rainbows, dollies, and grayling. 
in, in your season there runs from when? Uh, the second week of June to the end of the second week of September. That's our fishing season. So if you're camped out all the time, right? Yeah. What do you do for food? Do you, are you packing in food? Are people bringing it to you? Yep. So we get food brought out to us. Uh, I mean, we do all of our own cooking and stuff, but we see planes at least oh, five or six times a week. Uh, just whenever uh, the lodge shows up, uh, they they fly the plane in and just drop people off. And if we need food or something, we'll just ask them to throw it in the plane and we'll just get it that way. So you're not going back to the lodge at all? Uh, I went back twice this past summer just to like check emails. I went back for one night, and then the other time I went back just for the day. Went in in the morning, came back out in the afternoon. And is that is that common? Like most guides in Alaska, or is um, that, are you like a no. an anomaly? Uh, it's it's common. It depends on the outfitter. Uh, we have a lot of permits to keep camps on the river. But where I'm at, uh, a couple other lodges do show up and fish it occasionally, but they don't have a permit for a camp, so we're the only ones there. That's cool. And would you choose to uh, to be doing the the staying and camping all all summer? Or would you? Like oh to, yeah. Would you like to yeah. go back to the camp and get a shower once in a while? It's nice to go back and get a shower and do laundry and stuff like that. But I I love living out at camp, and uh, I mean. You get some good like bear stories. Our last morning in camp uh, this past season, we woke up to a bear pushing around our dirty dishes outside, and it was just about a 350 pound brown bear, like 10 feet from the door. <laughs> the only thing stopping you is that or stopping the bear from using that tent. And uh, you mean, you mean it wasn't stop? Nothing's gonna stop this. <laughs> did you all? Did you make yeah, no like, noise? It, what, it's just what, right there. What'd you do? Just, uh, I just made a bunch of noise. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a younger bear, and he, he he didn't want to run off. I mean, I shot the shotgun off, and we only had one one round left after that because it was the end of the season. Um, and he he didn't even flinch; like he just sat there and looked at us for like twenty minutes before he just slowly walked away. He knew you only had one round left. <laughs> he he must have. Or uh, we we also had steaks the night before, so he just wanted the the leftover steaks. Can't blame him. Uh, so nope. you know. If somebody's coming in to get a, a guided trip and they're coming to meet you at camp, and uh, take us through that a little bit, what somebody would expect. So uh, the the way the uh, lodge works is you just uh, you book it out for the entire week, and there's cabins up there, and it's about 24 guests per week is like the maximum, and uh, so they they fly in on Saturday. And then on Saturday is kind of when they get their fishing licenses and move in and uh, get fitted for waders and all that. And then uh, Sunday morning, first thing, they'll wake up and uh, have breakfast at the lodge and then get in a plane and fly to one of our multiple destinations for a day of fishing. And then at the end of the day of fishing, they, they fly back to the lodge and have dinner and uh, cocktails and, and then do it all again the next day. So they don't ever stay out with you in, in the tents or anything? It's That's just all for the guides? Um, we have one camp that runs for the early season that we have set up on a native allotment so we can keep permanent structures there. And we have an overnight guest camp there, but uh, not everyone can cycle through that. 
if especially if it's a full week, there's just not enough days. Um, but there is that option if you want to go camping uh, early season. So uh, you're you're living in your waders, right? Basically. Yeah, yeah. Do oh you, yeah. Do you have any uh, waiter maintenance uh, tips that you know the common folks should know? Um, I mean, one of the biggest things is uh, just be cautious of when you're taking them on and off. Like the booties always want to, like the seams really want to leak on you. And if you, when you're taking your waders off, you're just like stomping on them, trying to pull them off. That'll uh, damage them. But really I go through like a pair of waders a year. So my maintenance would just be to burn the old pair and buy a new one. (laughs) (laughs) And how rank are your waders after a season of guiding? Oh, terrible. Waiter farts are the worst and they never leave. (laughs) <laughs> we uh, we actually did go fishing today, and Mark experienced yeah. that firsthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's the worst. You sit down or jump in the water. That's like waist to belly deep, and yeah, uh, that just pushes it all all out in your face. It's like a slap to the face. <laughs> so back back to the guiding up there, uh, trout, and what are you what are you fishing for? What species? Uh, rainbow trout, Dolly Varden, and grayling. Um, we're mainly catching, well, this past year we, we had a great year for rainbows and we were capitalizing on that, but, uh, we get large numbers of Dolly Varden. And I mean, with two people in the boat, uh, fishing, we will sometimes boat up to 200 fish in a day. Um, kind of averaging 18 to 22 inches. Now, is it, is it all float fishing or no walking wade? How, how's it? Um, it, there's a little bit of walk and wade spots. It's, it's mainly, uh, just anchoring up on a bed and fishing from the boat. Um, but it's, it's mainly bead fishing, especially once the salmon get going early season, you get some streamer bites, uh, with the rainbows. Uh, but, uh, you can, you can get them on like mouse patterns and stuff too. You just kind of sacrifice numbers of fish. And the grayling, what, what, do you do uh, to target those? Uh, just throw a fly on. They're they're pretty eager to eat. Um, so like dry flies, you slay them all day. Throw them like a royal wolf or something like that. And then uh, they they're also pretty eager to eat a mouse, and that's probably my favorite way to catch them because they'll they have that weird little mouth, so they can't really get the mouse in it. So they'll hit it like four or five times before you might get a hook in them. That's cool. Yeah, just so that, that's always fun to watch. Don't trout that, right? Yeah, yeah, just let it swing. Take, take, let it take it down. What, uh... <clears throat> is there any other species you could fish for? Is that just it in general, then three, or is that all you're targeting? Um, the, those are the main species. Uh, you can go catch northern pike in the sloughs, but they don't get very big, uh... On, on the river I'm at, you get a 30 incher. That's kind of the big one out of there. And then uh, there's white fish and suckers swimming around. Which I uh, found a ptarmigan feather and tied up a little like creature looking fly and targeted those like carp in some <laughs> of the bays. So hell yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the pike, uh, last week we were talking to Mark, like we had told you, and he yep. said the pike are invasive in his area of Alaska. Are they? native where you are or are they invasive there as well 
they're they're also invasive there too. Uh, I think you have to go more north uh, to find like the native uh, pike in there. But uh, yeah, everyone kind of hates the pike, but I love fishing for them. <laughs> Make a good shore lunch for you. Oh yeah, yeah, pike are delicious. Now that was my next question. What's your what's your favorite go to fish to eat up there? Uh, my favorite go to fish to eat, um, probably Dolly Varden. How do you there, prepare? There's a lot of them. They have a, a nice like orange meat to them. Um, especially if you can find one that's still chrome because they change colors once they come in. But like a hen Dolly, that, that's where it's at. Is this like over a fire or how you cook them? Um. I usually fry a lot of my fish, but uh, I don't know, just throw it on the grill wrapped in foil or something with Alaskan style seasonings. Sounds pretty good, man. We don't yeah. we don't get none of those here. We have Dolly Varden short short Dolly Varden. short on the Dolly yeah. Vardens they're, here. They're just like big brook trout. They're pretty sweet, man. No, they're awesome looking fish. You get them with like the elongated fins, like uh, I guess like a like a lake trout, how they get. The spawning fins, they got, like, the tips on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, the those little white tips on them. And, uh, kind of get, I mean, like, they, the length to color, the tip? Or sorry, what was that? Do they kind of get, like, the length of, like, the just the tip of it? Kind of like, I guess, a I don't know, an angel fish or something, like a tank fish? Because our, our lake trout, their fins will just, like, they're crazy looking, man. That's our char here, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, no, I... They're pretty crazy, but uh, I think the better feature on them is just like their their coloration. Their skin looks like an oil painting. Definitely. Um, so um, let let's do a little bit of musky talking. We've been beating around the bush yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's no, um, okay. Okay. Uh, is there any of your guiding in Alaska that has transitioned into guiding for musky? Uh. In terms of, like, techniques or... I don't know. Your personality, talking to people, anything. Anything that transitions over and, like, suits you. To... Um, yeah, I mean, just boat, boat conversation and mood. Just trying to keep a positive mood all day. Uh, like, even when you're in Alaska catching a bunch of fish, people sometimes try and target one fish, and it's, that's kind of the... Like, if they don't get that one fish... It's kind of like a day of musky fishing where you just don't move one. So you got to try and uh, just keep the, the mood up in the boat, keep them casting. Uh, do you have your so guys that. Do you have your guys throw on beads also once in a while? Just as a joke? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I should, though. That'd be a good one. Let's get like a 20 mil bead. 20 mil. I learned this in Alaska. <laughs> it's a tennis ball. Yeah, yeah. They, they love it. You probably got some like 14s and 16s laying around somewhere, huh? Yeah, there's a couple laying around. That's... I like eights and tens. Yeah, that that's more normal. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Now, you mainly deal with a lot of uh, like learning clients, or are they pretty advanced anglers? Uh, so we have a pretty good client base. Where uh, I think it's something like 70% of our clients um, are return guests. So they, uh, I mean, they might only fish once a year and that's up there, but, uh, you definitely deal with some, uh, teaching and learning curves, but, uh, everyone up there is just that ready to have a good time and everyone's going to catch fish. And how about your musky clientele? Is it, are they mainly people that know what they're doing or? 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They they can get the fly out there and ship the fly, and uh, you always got to teach some of the new guys how to figure eight and all that stuff. But uh, I haven't had to do too many casting demos, which is good. So, like, how many uh, you know, throw your clients and stuff. How many first muskies do you usually see for people a year? How many first muskies? Like, yeah, like new clients yeah. coming in, getting their first muskie. Um. This season, it was probably only, like, three people or so, or they actually got their first muskie. Um, like, one of the, the guys I took out this past week, I fished with him a bunch, and he's actually caught muskies before, but he just wanted to do it again. And he ended up sticking a, a nice 44. And that was his personal best, at least. But, uh, yeah, not not too many first muskies right now. So do you do a couple months in the spring then before you head up to Alaska? Uh, no, because I actually uh, helped set up the lodge. So this past year, we had to do a bunch of construction, and I went up like May 5th and helped with that. Okay. And you said you're going to Milwaukee over the wintertime? Yep. Is there anything to do in the wintertime in Milwaukee? I know, oh, yeah. I know what you could do, man. But besides being alcoholic? I know something oh, you could no. do. Yeah, no. There's a uh, there's tons of great fishing around Milwaukee. Uh, I do the Great Lakes trout stuff a lot. You um, catch you catch those big old fat browns. Oh yeah, the, the big ugly ones. Yeah, that this there's a guy on my Facebook and Instagram. He just uh he advertises the shit out of it. He uh he'll, yeah. you could you can go rent him out like a a hut and ice fish down there for these things. Hey, to each his own, man. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's fun. I've, I haven't done the ice fishing part of that too much, um, but uh, if any of the tributaries, if, if they open up at all, you just go out there and stand on the shelf ice, and I'm not afraid to drift a bobber with some a spawn sack underneath it or a bead and catch some fish when it's freezing outside. So <clears throat> back to the musky guy in a little bit. Do you have a, do you have a, a little black fly as well in your boat at all times? Oh yeah. I always have a little black fly, but I'm a big fan of white. Oh yeah, that that yeah. that doesn't. I I think that you you could fish white just as good as black, but I know yeah. I, I know at all times yeah. I'm favoring the white. I do as well. Yeah. I, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. Will you do a quick transition to that fly? You know, if you get a follow, maybe don't get any eat. Will you switch over to that smaller black fly? And do you see the, you know, fish eating on that? Um, I usually just switch flies. Like, I don't have a specific one I go to. I just, whatever's closest, I get on quick and uh, just try and get it in the water. Um, I think it's more important to just have a fly in the strike zone. Uh, especially when the fish is hot like that or moving or ready to go. So then how, how do you transition the last couple months there a season? I mean, you're almost done now. It's like the last month for you. You start going a lot bigger, a lot slower and deeper. Um, Are you guys still? Yeah, I've definitely slowed down a bunch, gone deeper. Um, it's mainly the spots that I'm fishing. I'm just looking for uh, the right water speed that I want. Um, does it have access to, like, shallow water and deep water? Um also trying to figure out where the food is just once you can locate where all the food's congregating um the the fish are going to be there so so as you see uh, like winter progressing do you find them fish moving further away from the banks or are you still getting them pretty well 
tucking close in. Oh, I've I've been nailing fish in the middle of the river, just like randomly casting in the middle of the river, and all of a sudden a, a fish comes out. Uh, I think they're kind of scattered out a little more, not hanging too too tight to cover. Huh, that's interesting. We uh we uh threw a goose egg today, and we were beating the banks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I love beating the banks because you, you never know what's going to come out. But, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe turn around and just cast into the middle a few times. I think they're sitting farther out. Okay, that's that's something good for us to uh, to learn, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's this one area that it's like four to six feet deep for like a quarter mile. And people sucker fish it all the time, but I'll float through that with the fly rod and just fan cast in the the middle of the river and the fish come out you you find them do you feel that fly fishing up there mixed with there's gear fishermen around right at most times or fishing the same areas right uh gear fishermen tend to stay to like larger bodies of water it seems like and uh I like to go to smaller bodies, so I, I don't run into them too often. Uh, but they're, they're around and doing it. You go to the store and you see people with their musky stickers on their truck, and you can you can chat them up. But uh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. that that's even better to find find the places where you know the fly sticks out ten times more. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you ventured out onto Green Bay with the fly rod? Not yet, but uh. I've always entertained the idea. It'd be fun. Is it reasonably depth for, you know, to make it feasible to do with a fly? Um, I don't think it's the best tool for the job, but uh if we if we cared about that I guess we wouldn't be fly fishing for him. <laughs> but uh You do have a no point doubt. there. Yeah. Uh I, I think it would be interesting. I've never been out there. Uh but I do have one of those uh Dorn Brothers fifteen weights. We're chucking on big water, and I'd imagine that'd be sitting in the boat if I went to Green Bay. Oh, well, Luke's rods. Yep. Yep, I got it from Luke. Yeah, that'd be the good tool for that. So, but uh, I still love the single-handed rod deal. That's what I fished all day yesterday, and um, I just found one white fly that was a double, and it, it caught me a fish and lost me another one. Yeah, so it looks like you guys had a pretty crappy day yesterday, huh? Oh, yeah, it sucked. It was, like, <laughs> above freezing and big fish were eating. <laughs> you guys ended up putting three down. Yeah, three down in the boat. Nice. Um, I I think we didn't get a tape on all of them due to uh, goofiness, but uh, they they were all upper 40s. The one we did tape was 48. That's it? Yep, yep, only 48. We didn't quite hit the 50 mark. I know, I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> Not big enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh no it was a great day we had two boats out uh, a bunch of good friends and there's plenty of laughing and the fish were catching the fish was just a bonus did russell bring his banjo out no he didn't have his banjo out yesterday Lame. Lame. Yeah, i know <laughs> we had him on the show uh, about a month ago he's a super yep. guy yeah russell's awesome and that's actually how i met steven it was through russell uh, we, we were in steven's point together and uh when he moved away from there, he started fishing with uh, Steven. So are you tying the flies for your clients to fish with, or is that handled? 
by somebody else. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm tying flies, uh, and I have more flies than I know what to do with right now. They're, it's kind of a mess, but... Uh, What's one of your go-to patterns? What's one of your favorite to fish for musky? Um, well, I think it's like the 727 or whatever. It's just kind of that messy head with all the tips going off. I don't I don't know names of flies. It, it's, like a, it's like a double sorry. Buford. Yeah, it's like a Buford, but I don't trim the hair at all on the head. And it's just a, a double with plenty of bucktail and feathers and flash. They work, right? Yep, it's white and yellow and gets bit. Lots of, lots of meat on there, spin it up, a little bit of flash. Yep. Gotcha. So, I've actually tied that fly multiple times, and I usually don't repeat patterns too much, but that's one that I always go back to. You don't you don't throw any of the pink lemonade or is there a is there a color combination that sticks out other than white and black to you? Oh, I have uh, an all pink Buford that has its time and place and has gotten bit before, and it just looks like a piece of bubble gum going through the water. <laughs> yeah. They'll eat that. All fish. Oh yeah, they like that bubble gum. You mentioned your um, preference for single hand. What's your what? Are you going twelve weight or what's your setup there? Um, yeah, I've been using, uh, a lot of 12 weights because if I do want to throw a massive fly, it makes it a little easier. And then usually with my 12 weights, I have it rigged with like a 30 foot, like sink six or heavier line just to get it down there. Yeah. And you need a heavy, 10, weight, 10 weights are great too. You need a heavy sink to get down that uh, untrimmed Buford head. Yep. Yeah. To get all that, like three bucktails worth of hair down there. And then uh, how many clients do you get, get through a season musky fishing? How many, and actually what's your, how many seasons you did that? Is there... Well, th- this is my first season musky fishing, uh, uh, like guiding for muskies. So it was, it was kind of a, a slow year uh, for just booking trips. I think I had, uh, just a handful of them, which gave me plenty of time to fish on, on my own too. But uh, I'm expecting next season to be a little more booked. And you're doing what? Mainly drift trips, or are you jet boats too? Oh, uh, just all all drift boat trips. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I gotta say, I'm I'm loving the drift boat. It's a lot easier to row around than a 18 foot John boat with a <laughs> giant jet and two people in it. Is that what you have up in Alaska? Oh, oh yeah, just beat up John boats that, uh, I mean, they, they do the trick, and they're just hard to get there, so once they're there, you got to keep using it until you can't anymore. What kind of boat are you fishing in? Uh, in Wisconsin? Yeah, what's a drift boat? Uh, the High Country Drift Boat. It's, it's Stevens Boat. It's that uh, aluminum thing that you can kind of beat up, but... It's it's a great boat to fish out of. Yeah, Steven's been on here twice, I think, bragging about the boat. He loves it. Yep. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, he needs new oars, though. I accidentally broke one of his oars. <laughs> oh, that's coming out of your paycheck. I know, I know. It, the he, he the told blade you, right? just broke. I tapped a rock. I, I don't I know. I tapped it. <laughs> yeah. Give it a little tappy tap. Send it to his home, Happy. It was the last yep. tap. So what do you what do you like to fish for fun? Do you go smallmouth or anything like that on a day off? Jeez, I I miss smallmouth. I've been missing the smallmouth season. 
Um, that's what I grew up doing. It was river smallmouth, but uh, I don't know. I like carp, pike, the Great Lakes trout, inland trout. Um, there, there's so many opportunities for fishing in Wisconsin. And I'm just trying to do them all. When do you have a chance to carp fish if you're in Alaska? All, uh, all the warm months. Well, it was it was sometime between last uh, Christmas and New Year's that I went out to a carp spot with a buddy, and we were like, let's just see if we can catch one when it's like super cold. And we found a bunch of tailing carp in the winter just cool. on this river. And it was it was kind of ridiculous how many fish were there. They're they're still picky and hard to hard to hook into, but uh, I don't know. Just whenever there's open water and carp there, I'll cast to them. Heck yeah, man. And you had a good day? You you caught a couple? Oh, no. No, I accidentally snagged one, and then I think <laughs> I missed another one, and my friend caught one. So, yeah. Typical carp uh, day. Yeah. Refusing. <laughs> but uh, it, it's all fun. I just like getting out there. You know what? All the times I've been carp fishing, I've been doing it for years and years and years, I've snagged one fish. Really? Yeah, I, I hate doing it. Because that's a big thing where we are. Everyone's like, oh, you snagging them fish. No. Yeah. No. So if I snag one, it, it's like I get butt hurt. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think I just cast it too close to the fish. and. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it yeah, happens. It's got a line on it. So. But uh, I like the, it. Then Lake Michigan, too, has some great carp fishing opportunities. I've only done it a little bit, but those fish are big and. They're they're eating gobies, so you throw sculpin patterns at them, and they'll they'll crush it like a smallmouth. Yeah, but they're they're way bigger than smallmouth. <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a uh, we had Joe Montana on the show, and he was talking about catching twenty pound carp, like multiple fish, just crushing yeah. gobies. Oh yeah. So it's it's all good, man. Yeah. So what the hell do you do for? 12 weeks in the bush, man. How do you, how do you cope with that? Is there like card playing or like what, what the hell goes on? Yeah. A lot of reading, season, writing, playing what? a lot of cribbage this year. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to get one of my friends hired up there and working at my camp. Sort of good buddy from back home and he brought a laptop up with movies and stuff. So we watched just about every James Bond out there and uh letter Kenny this season. Uh, <laughs> So that was a lot of fun. Um, but just drive boats around. Uh, our fishery covers like a hundred river miles, including like tributaries and then just the main river itself. So uh, we we just gotta be out there constantly checking the the fisheries because um, we can have clients dropped off in three different locations and picked up in four. So. Uh, we just gotta figure out which uh, which area of the river is gonna be best for for that week or day or whatever, and just gotta be on it so people are catching fish. So you said you you had a couple bear stories. Um, mm-hmm. How many bears do you think you see in a season up there? And do you see the same bear multiple times? Like, do you get to know specific bears? Oh uh, yeah, like. Uh, after you pass a bear a few times with the, the jet, which is really loud, they kind of move away from an area. But you'll see, like, a bear hanging out on a stretch of river, and he'll be there for about a week or so before you just never see him again. 
But uh, I probably saw like 25 to 30 bears this year. So it's not a ton. But once the salmon come in, you'll see like three or four in a day. And then have plenty of days of not seeing any bears. And then all of a sudden they show up again. So, so it's not like every day. So when you're up there guiding, uh, what's the light situation? Is you have full days of light, and uh, how do you do you deal sleeping with that in a tent? Um, I have no issues sleeping in uh, in the all light. But yeah, when we first get up there, um, it's just light. Uh, seems like twenty four seven. If you stay up late enough, it gets a little little bit like dusk, and um, but it doesn't really get dark. And when you're on the water all day, running boats, rowing, doing that kind of stuff, by the time you get back to the tent, you're just ready for bed. And as soon as I put my head down, I'm I'm out. So what do you fish? Eight, eight people fish eight hours? Just Yeah, it's probably a little less than that. Uh, I think it's from like nine to four is kind of the average time. Oh yeah, people are on vacation. They want to go enjoy the lodge. Get out of yeah. your out of your hair, you're tired out and slimy and ready to go to sleep. I gotcha. Yeah, and I mean, in one hour of fishing, you can you can catch a lot of fish. You can do some damage. So you said uh, the guests get to go back to the lodge every night and have cocktails. Yeah. Do you get to sneak a bottle out into the sandbar with you guys? Yeah, every once in a while, uh, we'll get cases of beer. Uh, flown out to us, and um, oh, if we're feeling fancy, we'll get a box of wine. But <laughs> will Steven send up a a case of hams for you, make you feel at home? <laughs> he, he has not, but he should. I'll have to <laughs> suggest that to him. We'll email him. Yeah, yeah. On on the musky side of things, are you doing mainly just full days, or are you doing also half days then too? No, I'm doing all full days, especially this time of the year. Uh, I don't know, it's just cold, and the, the the days are short, getting short anyway, so might as well use all the daylight you got. And you guys are typically weren't running, what, five, six-mile floats? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's about right. Hmm. Yeah, we did one that was almost five today. What did it take us, ten hours? No. We got done at three, we started at eight. We took about a two and a half hour yeah. gentleman's break. That's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, an hour break. Well, so. here, here's the funny thing is, uh, so yesterday we had that epic day of fishing, but we attempted to fish the day before, and it was it was a lot colder, and we did a really long float on a on a big river with wind blowing against us and the current not moving super fast, and I think. Uh, I think we spent about two hours sitting around a fire on an island that day. We didn't we didn't do too much fishing. Hey, sometimes you gotta do it, man. Yeah, it was just one of those days. But then after you get a day like yesterday, this makes all of that worth it. So, uh, do you cook at all for uh, for your your clients while you're musky fishing? Uh, no, we just no. do like sandwich lunches mostly. Okay. So you're yeah. not wasting any time cooking, doing any of that BS. Yeah, yeah, that, that takes a huge chunk out of your day when when you could be casting for muskies. Exactly. The more time that flies in the water, right? Yep, exactly. 
That's how I got my fish yesterday. It, I hate to admit it, but it was kind of like while trolling, just blowing <laughs> through some water. And I was like, you guys just have to keep your fly wet. And then all of a sudden it got whacked. So. Do you know how many times I've heard the story of guys like hanging their fly off the side of the boat and lighting a cigarette and having a muskie come up and eat it? Yeah. It's like, what are, what are they thinking when they do that? You're not ready. They're being assholes, <laughs> just like muskie yeah. normally are. Yeah. They're, they're all assholes. It's got to be like, I tracked this thing far enough and it finally died. Now I get to eat it. You know? Yeah. And that's usually yeah. the time where, you know, whoever's casting the fly died too and isn't paying attention. About to make it, about to make, pulling it out, making another cast. They're going to eat it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So is it figure eight every cast in the boat? Um, I do at least a turn, at the very least. Um, if the water is kind of quick, I don't do a full figure eight. Uh, also, I'm a big fan of the giant circle next to the boat. I just think when you turn and give the fly a little bit of acceleration, it just forces the fish to, to do something. Not necessarily eat, but if you can know it's down there, then, then you have all the confidence to keep it going. Are you fairly consistent with the way you turn when you retrieve? Um, that being said, like say you're stripping in, do you always turn downstream or always try to turn upstream or something? To um, I try to just avoid like sharp turns. So, I mean, I, I, I don't always just cast like downstream or whatever. Like I'm always casting all over the place and pretty much I just see my line coming in and I take the easiest path for it to turn. So I'm not making like a 90 degree turn somewhere. Okay. That seems legitimate. (laughs) Yeah. Just trying to do like a big, big swoop with it. Make it more fluid. Checking to see if that muskie's in, in pursuit two foot behind, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, I, I think if you just turn it too sharp, sometimes that that just shuts them down. And, and even if you don't see the fish there, you could have just shut one down by doing a sharp turn. I got one. I went, or today when we went fishing, I forgot my polarized glasses. Ooh. Yeah. Do you get yeah, a... That's not good. No, it wasn't at all. Do you get guys to do that at all? Uh, yeah, everyone's pretty good with having some sort of glasses at least, but... I'm kind of big that I want everybody in the boat wearing glasses. I've seen a guy hook his eyelid with a bead hook before. And just like for a safety thing, mainly just keep those glasses on. But um, also for seeing the fish, it it could be the difference between catching one and not. For safety wise, I, I do wear regular glasses, but yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. The, the polarized just stayed in the truck for some reason. Yeah. Big dumb. No, I've I've done that plenty too, and I always I can't I can't believe it every time I do because it's like should be used to grabbing them by now. They they were just left there to make sure your flies can see since they weren't going to be in the water. Well, you know yeah. what? Yeah, because I left them on top of a pile of flies <laughs> I was going to bring. Hmm. Man, man, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them mornings. I had to fish. Yeah. Had to fish with some of the other flies. He didn't like. No, I'm I'm sure Chad's got way too many flies to choose from. Today it was one. Yeah, and you were, and <laughs> yeah. you were like so, same, so you're same gonna, number of tail lights you also have left after today. Oh, you're gonna save that save that <laughs> one for next time. 
Yeah, Chad, Chad was off to after the taillight. He was off to a rough start before eight o'clock this morning. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> showed up at the launch. He's like, I lost my taillight back there a couple miles. I don't know where it's at. <laughs> it just fell off. It just fell off. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Who's the mechanic sitting around this table? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> he got this. I think that's just like part of muskie fishing, though. Uh, one of the, one of the guys this past weekend that was fishing with us, his rear end differential went out. Had to get his truck towed back to Milwaukee. That so, sucks. I think that's just part yeah. of muskie fishing. Yeah. Must be. I mean, last year's beast, I lost a tail light and blew a tire. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just they they really make you earn every little bit, don't they? Oh yeah, I've gotten our friend's truck stuck with the trailer in a really muddy like cattle pasture <laughs> uh in Virginia and it almost uh was trying to slip into the new river so uh, <laughs> we we got the farmer with the tractor to help us out but the tractor almost got stuck too so uh you're ruining everybody's day trip. we lost a crop on a trolling motor too and just nothing was going right so speaking of that you know you kind of led us into something there do you get to take a lot of trips out places in your off time? Like, will you go down south, maybe fish the ocean, or how'd you get to the New River? And, or you know, do you go out that way often? Uh, yeah. So, um, the way my schedule is is I've, well, I've I can pretty much make it besides the fishing seasons and uh, working in Alaska. I've made a lot of friends just across the country, and I my fishing trips is typically visiting them wherever they are and. Uh, trying out their fishery so i've gone to like wilmington north carolina and did a little bit of saltwater fishing there but it's mostly musky trips mm. that i try to do like in the south i've done a lot in tennessee and uh, a little bit in virginia it's awesome man uh i wanted to touch on something you mentioned earlier before we actually got on the microphone you were you've just applied for a job a guide job. This is for, you know, maybe these younger thrill seekers, guys who want to get into it and learn about it. Tell tell us a little more on the story on that. You just you just applied and actually had to go and put in some work for a year, huh? Yeah, so uh like for the job in Alaska, I applied for like a guide trainee position, but it was already filled. Um and he offered me a, a job as ground screw. So um, I took that and I did an entire season of just doing all the work nobody wants to do um, and just talk to the guides and learned a few things from them and it was a great way to get my foot in the door and then by the time that season was over um, the owner at the lodge was already uh, planning on having, having me back as a guide so that was pretty a pretty easy transition. And being a guide is a lot better than being on ground screw. And that's something you see yourself doing for the foreseeable future? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it for at least quite a bit longer. I love Wisconsin, so um, I, I know I'm going to ultimately end up here. But uh, now is the time of my life to go to Alaska. No kids, no wife or anything, and I can just go disappear for a few months. Just live on a sandbar. Yep, Exactly. So what does grounds crew entail? I see lots of plunging of toilets and weed whacking. Yeah, so uh, they pretty much nailed it on the head there. Uh, with where I was at, like how my average day would go is wake up, 
eat breakfast and then just immediately get the planes ready, load up lunches on it, fish gear, um, anything the camps need, field the planes, pump any water out of the floats, and then uh, just get all the planes turned out and heading to their destinations. And then once the planes are gone, that's when I start like weed whacking, taking trash out. Um, yeah, did a lot of plumbing, fixing heaters, just whatever had to be done. Uh, did a lot of wood splitting too. So just that kind of work. So a lot of a lot of uh, moving things once, and then figuring out it wasn't supposed to be there. So then you move it two or three more times. So when you become a homeowner, that that's definitely gonna be a good uh, tool for the trade or oh yeah job experience. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll be able to fix any uh, at home repair that I need. Most of them. New float valves on the toilets and. Yeah, that that's awesome yeah. for for all the the kids who uh, never been nowhere. There's your free ticket, man, to Alaska yeah, exactly. fishing. So, and yeah. like in Alaska, there it's it's actually kind of hard for places to find people willing to give up, you know, a whole summer to do something. So if you are looking. You get into guiding. Alaska is a great place to go because there's a lot of places looking for people. And if they're willing to spend a summer doing like you did and be on a grounds crew, yeah, but aspire to be a guide, that's a good way to get their foot in the door, correct? Yep, correct. So just swallow your pride and take out the trash for a few months. You know, just like a glorified garbage man working in Alaska, but garbage fisherman. But yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, you could be like Max. Yeah, 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 exactly. And up there, there, there's really no bad days. I mean, if you're having a bad day, just remember, like, hey, I'm in Alaska right now. This place is wild. Like, people dream of coming here. So it's, it's just a great place to be. Awesome, man. That's a cool story. I've enjoyed some of the some of those little things, like the bears and stuff. We don't we don't get that around here. So a sweet look into Alaska. Is there any? Anything else you want to touch on uh, about any guiding or any any place people can actually find you to get out fishing with you, possibly? Uh, yeah, the best place, I mean, if you want to go fishing in Alaska, uh, you just go to tickchicknarrows.com, and there's uh, all the information on that. And then for fishing in Wisconsin... Uh, right now I'm still just planning on doing fall muskies. Uh, so if you want to do some fall muskie fishing, you can visit eauclairanglers.com and, uh, you can find me there and book a trip. Are you also on any other, like, uh, social media, Facebook or anything like that? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Max Meyer. And then on Instagram, I'm the Alaskan Stallion. You can find me there and look at all my fish pictures. Hell yes, you are. You sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you got a mustache? Uh, yeah, right now I do. Yeah. You're the stallion. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a out camp decision. You know, you're out there for a few weeks and you need some form of entertainment. <laughs> and uh, somehow... Uh, you, you grew a disguise? <laughs> you grew a mustache like a pet? Yeah, yeah. Change your name. <laughs> just put some water on it real quick and just grew. Yeah. 
Ah, no, awesome, man. Well, thanks for uh, spending the time and coming to talk to us and kicking the knowledge. We get to hear a little bit of stuff we don't know from Alaska and some good musky fishing. Oh, yeah. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Awesome, man. We'll uh, keep in touch, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Max. Appreciate it. Rock and roll. Yep. Bye. slides from peak to peak where the air is crisp and the water's clear and there's just one beer that's screwed up here taste the high country country no downstream beer will do coors is brewed with pure rocky mountain spring water and its own special high country barley it's no downstream beer it's no city beer it's coors it's the high country climb up to coors hey we might be drinking some coors this evening <laughs> tastes like high country huh mark <laughs> not too shabby not that downstream shit no, yeah, it doesn't, man. doesn't taste like a river water we floated on today. Uh, yeah. What was the color on that water? Not so bad. Deep it's, still, it's always brown, but it wasn't bad. Oh, this, this is some newer Michael McDonald here. No, this is Rick oh. Isley. Oh, wait, this this guy has like a... This is Rick Rollin. <laughs> doesn't he have like silver hair down? Nice. All right, you can turn yeah, that off. Yeah, good viz, though. We probably had a solid foot plus or more. <laughs> a lot of current, though. It was pushing fast today, for sure. We got our waters all back. We we complained it was low on water, and just like that, two storms, and we're right back to maybe normal and maybe a surplus. For All the outflows are heavy pumping right now. I'm saying some of the tribs, Erie tribs, have gotten low, but we, we need a consistent rain for that, man. I don't, I don't know, but they'd all have blown out with them big storms we got, and I got to swing up there and beat the metal heads up a little bit so uh you were fishing ohio correct oh yeah man o-h-i-o yeah straight shot i drive like it's probably 45 minutes and drop the kids off at school and i'm like what am i doing what am i doing it's a little bit raining don't want to go sit in the tree stand so here we go look check the weather it's like you know kind of rain south so on us and not really up there it's kind of dying there first i was like i'll drive right out of the rain and hit the stream at prime time the river i fished no gauge but the one i kind of related to was prime i could have went over there but it would have been a little more drive and i'm sure it would have fished well but uh yeah i got started slow i lost a couple fish and kind of switched over to beads started handling business that was i couldn't get them on the jig man i had one fish i hooked right off the get-go on a jig and then i even put like an all white one on i had a white and blue there but all white and couldn't get a bite so pretty much everything came on beads after that and pink was hot chartreuse you know caught plenty of fish some natural but i was i'm talking i i might have hooked i know i hooked at least 12 maybe close to 15 fish really 
Yeah, I did pretty good. And I only fished, like I said, I hooked two fish in one hole, and one, the other hole I fished is where I hooked all my fish. 65-foot drifts? No, I... Dude, I was like concentrating where the fish are. I kind of, you know, five yards. I yeah, I caught a couple. I caught a couple fishing, you know, just like the main run of this. I don't know. There was a guy there. There was other guys fishing. I know, Jay. Yeah, they do, dude. Get educated. What kind of backing do you have on your cron? What if I get the cron? Right, the cron. What if I get fucking something big on, bro? What am I gonna get into? Isn't that, al- isn't that an album from Dr. Dre? Ick. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, it's uh You can run whatever you want on there. It's hell, it's nothing. It's just line holder, man. Just like everything. I could have bead fished with a bobber, bead fished without a bobber. I could have bead fished like standing with my arms and my waders and my head in there and shit and caught fish. It was it was hot. It was hot for a little bit, so and then they they would change, you know, color they wanted, and I I could tell because I wasn't getting shit. So change your colors, and, and no matter, I don't care what you're fishing. And this is no shit. You need to tie a pink white death. Should be a pink death. No, they're fucking calling it a pink white death, just to mock these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a pink white death. What? Well. Uh, spin on things, huh? I saw someone this week on Instagram put up an olive white death. Do it. Instead of an olive olive death, it was an olive white death. Yeah, that's what I said, the pink white death. Dude, but, uh, okay, I drift a bubble gum worm down there because I had, like, one tied up from the spring that I ran a needle through and threaded, so it's now it's, like, rigged like a bead. <clears throat> These fuckers ate it like it's candy, man. Like, down there, like, like a little trout, like, you know how they bite, like, ding, 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 <laughs> grab it on it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a fish. Look at it. Look how it's, it's set the hook. Oh, it's nuts, dude. But yeah, they'll eat that shit, man. That's pretty crazy. There's probably, that's a pink flesh fly. You know, they'll bite it. I, I think, I think they, they get the same thing over and over. You know, if you're not the first guy to fish over a hole in the morning or a pool or something like, or a hot spot, you think, or where people have already fished for sure, I think you should throw something different. Yeah, for, for sure. Sh- why not? You know, and I don't know, that pink, I know guys use it, and pink woolly buggers do exist and shit like that, but they throw, throw, throw it a little more often. Give them some bubble gum. Yeah, dude. Something to chew on. Well, uh, we, I, I feel pink's a bona fide color for maybe all species and definitely steelhead. So whatever the, whether it be a jig or fly dead drifted whatever stripped up they're gonna bite it if it's pink or white they're hot colors so you're tying jigs what are you looking for in a jig when you're tying it like in the actual head and hook are you looking for a it doesn't i don't go by any like you know we're not catching steelhead that i do get some fish over 10 pounds but i'm not and then i've used these eagle claw hooks even on niagara and, and have landed fish but i have bent hooks i've done this you can go out and buy you know 2x no doubt and that's gonna give you a little more insurance but for here you know what i mean it's just your standard pretty much you could use anything that's not such light maybe a four or six you know i I like to have a a bigger hook if you can because fish are eating it when they when they do get it sometimes they swipe it and you don't get them and i find that crazy because what made them swipe it that hard and not get it they miss 
Yeah, because I had like two bites. I couldn't get nothing on the jig. I had two bites after I lost that one in that one hole, and I caught all my fish on beads and that pink worm. So it's weird. But for just a jig, I'll, I'll tie different lengths. You Just like you make a bully bugger two inches and a two and a half inch and a three inches, that, and I like that real slim, slim profile for the bait fish up there, which I've caught them on big, ugly jigs too, you know, shit that's got a, a real buggy look versus, you know, real slim, you know, just straight, like the bucktail one. I think, I think my bucktail jigs that I tie look really real. You know, once they get over, you know, like go close to three inches and it's very sparse, they, then they get a lot of movement to them, you know, versus a shorter bucktail. So. The more bucktail you put in there, the less it's going to have room to move. Yeah, you so it's, it's just, just like time the, flies. Just the long strands, pretty much. But once they get over, like, two and three-quarter inches, then they get, like, a little bit of wave to them. So it's not really that straight effect the whole time. So then you play with that till you can make it straight. And I've even glued some back, reverse-tied them. So now they're, like, little gummy minnow you know what i'm saying like a like reverse tie no. bucktail you know what i'm saying i know reverse tie but i don't, I don't know the gummy minnow well application just, well just the e6000 around the head holding it back you know what i mean streak it back on the body so now i've kind of created that that pat or that profile two-tone bucktail belly back you know what i, I got mean? you now just a, and then that's pretty easy you got to just a head on a fly. It looks like a fly with a head, like some of them, I don't know, guys across the pond tie for pike flies and stuff. So they've caught fish for me. Nail polish, whatever you want to slick them down with. I, I, believe me, I'm, I'm doing all this really cheap, man. The gobbledygook that yeah. the 13 year olds put, put in their hair. Make that paste. Remember <laughs> that paste you used to eat as a kid? Did you ever make paste and cut comics out? That's good stuff, man. <laughs> you weren't supposed to eat oh, that. Oh, mate. Oh, salty, bro. It is good. <laughs> oh, God. You know what's really salty? I knew, there, don't, I knew uh, there was a I reason was there was something wrong tell with us, you. Chad. I ate the paste. Play-Doh is awful. Oh. Don't eat that. Paint chips as well, buddy? <laughs> yeah, at least paint chips for sure. But, yeah. Nah, man. Uh, like I said, I smacked them good in this hole. And then I like went back to the truck because I thought I had to be home. And I was limited time. My kid calls when I get back to the truck, and I'm just planning on leaving. I got an hour to get back, and she's like, it was early dismissal. I'm like, oh, shit. I thought I remembered that two days ago. Totally forgot about it today. So being the great dad that I am, I have more time to fish. She made it home safe. <laughs> went, went back and beat the hole up some more. <laughs> Since you're at home, you might as well just stay there. Yeah, shit. Lost, <laughs> lost all. Only thing I care about, I had to do. So, right back to the water, I went. I stuck a couple more, and then figured it was time to go. Got some okay pictures. Pretty shitty, but okay. Hey, when you bridge fish, man, you get you get that light don't cooperate. It doesn't. I'm a <laughs> troll, man. I'm right under the bridge. <laughs> Peter's don't paradise. Don't say Jason's name three times or else it'll appear. I outfished the shit out of the bait fisherman, that's for sure. Beetlejuice your ass? And listen, I told him... I told him Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls. I told him how it was. I said I'll outfish the bait fisherman unless the water's muddy. And I smacked him. He didn't want to change his, his shit. So I I changed to a jig and couldn't get nothing. He, he ended up trying it. This guy across from me, he was fishing. His, he called his buddy. His buddy left work, come down there. Ended up catching his like first steelhead on that concept 
of fishing. But uh, yeah, nobody else catching that. I gave a kid, actually told him about the podcast and gave him some. He was a younger dude. He had like a fly rod, and I was like, "You ain't got no chartreuse green eggs in that over there." No, no. I'm like, no sucker spawns. I'm like, yeah, you gotta have those. To, so I ran over and gave him a handful and gave him the information. And he's like, "You on the podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, listen to it, man. He had a ride back to, I don't know, Akron or something. I was like, check it out. Give it a listen. Maybe pick up some free tips. Yeah, man. That's, it's all promote, free, bud. Promotion is awesome. Don't care where it comes from. He thought I was joshing him and shit. I'm on a real podcast, man. Not that anybody cares, but uh, I I think a lot of guys just don't know what the hell they're doing. I see guys like make long upstream casts and just fish it back like they're out west, I'm like, man, I don't know about that. Whatever works for you, you gotta get get your line down. These fish are tucked, but I did good and did a lot of hunting. It was an awesome week. Didn't get to go musky fishing because nobody called. Thanks. No, I'm just joking. Sorry, man. <laughs> Could have floated in the dinghy behind you guys. <laughs> <clears throat> we figured you're gonna be spending all your time in the woods anyway. You better believe it. It's sweet November, and everybody out there, there's guys like shaving their mustache in a ridiculous way. They're sitting in tree stands with no damn socks on, and they're just living out there. You know how many people were probably hunting these last couple of days throughout this week in this United States? It is on like Donkey Kong. If you are any type of I ain't going to say man, but man, but you're out there hunting. If you like hunting, you this is the time. You are wasting what? your vacation. You are burning both ends of the candle. You're not, unless you're, you why, know. Why are people out, out without socks on? I don't know, man. I've done it. I've, I've sat there so long that I'm trying to wait deer out. My feet are sweating. My feet are cold. Or so, you know what I mean? Try to change the climate in my, my rubber boots. Bro, you never sat in tree stand for six hours plus, huh? Yeah, I have. Oh, man. On end? Yeah. Keep on doing it. Straight. <laughs> That's where you need to be right now, whether it's midday, any day, all day, in a tree stand, or on the ground, however you hunt, but it's bucks are moving. You've seen any? All oh, a ton. I w- moving around? In the last week or so, I've seen probably four or five bucks just in my general area, uh, driving around with my sister Wednesday evening and all over and i was it was we we're all back roads so i was stopping turn and putting my lights in the field could i was actually pointing out was like, it darker yeah before it was dark. Already dark yeah a lot of deer though saw a big buck with rye on monday night nothing just, but just on the other year. side of the the hill from my house like go down the big hill on the other side there i probably seen eight maybe seven or eight different bucks this week that one was the last one was probably 10 point something it was real big and like you guys, every deer, like every buck I've seen is hair standing up. You can tell. Oh, I got a picture of one, man, every single hair on it. He's just a two-point half rack, but boy, he is, he's jacked. He's ready to go. <laughs> he wants something to step out. Like, he walked through, and it was like just whatever, man. I'm the boss here. And actually, I've seen him again today. He's kind of ridiculous. He's not the boss of anything, but... Dude, there was like a... A one time, I'm in my tree stand, I hear a couple, like, four-wheelers or small engines, like, ying, ying. I'm like, ah, maybe it's just a couple kids cranking around, it'll be done. There's, like, a little bit of riding in that area, which I never hear it. There's never riding, especially this time of year. Well, I drive up past there, and they have, like, the whole parking lot set up. It's like a one time a year, like, 
huge event that these guys, I don't know if they were racing like these mini dirt bikes or something, but this is going on like a hundred yards across the road from where I'm hunting, like a dirt road. Like, Is that back where by where I used to live? No, no, it's uh, right, right, right up by me, right there on top of like my area there, right up along the highway. But dude, it was like a, at first it was a couple ring ring, and all of a sudden it sounded like the whole shot, like like burr, like they were cutting all the trees down. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, that was two strokes for sure. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt. But I was figuring no, I wouldn't see no deer, but I seen deer today, some nice deer. So. Do we want to get into our musky float today? Word. Yeah. So, I uh, I messaged Jay and Mark. I crossed under 79, like where they were getting on to 79. I was like, you guys on 79 yet? They said, oh, we're just turning on. I said, I'm five minutes in front of you. Don't worry. By the time we got to the put-in, they were like the car behind me. So, they were just five minutes behind me the whole time. And uh, in that little bit of time there, Chad, like we talked about earlier, definitely lost the taillight. Yeah, blew it off. <laughs> you weren't right behind him. You weren't driving mm. behind him. No, we never saw him right till we were turning into the takeout. You put that phone down there. Jeez. I didn't like any of that. There's somewhere in between there, yeah. So once you got past the, the little bit of, you know, hurdles that musky, muskies involve, you got on the water, good rocking and rolling. What time you get? Starting in about uh, eight, I'd say. Yeah, you're about right. Probably eight. We floated eight till three thirty. So it was with, a good day with no fish harmed. No, no fish were harmed. Did you get out and cook or no? You guys oh, cook? Oh my god, Jace! We took a grill with us today. I like cooking. We cooked bacon and eggs. Oh, you fucking finally made some bacon. <laughs> Chad, Chad talked about bacon for like. Every time I see them, this is still like the, a month. This is still bacon from the beast. From, yeah, the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still got that bacon. What do you just ride around with your, your fucking glove box? Yeah, I just talk about it. Got I this bacon. I, I don't cook it. I just talk about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey, good too. I got bacon. We cooked it today, man. Oh, what else? Oh. Anything on the side? Eggs. eggs. Bacon and eggs. <laughs> Three of us put down 14 eggs in a hurry. Yeah, 14 I mean, we, eggs. We put down 14 eggs, a 12-pack, and about a pound of bacon in about an well, hour, hour and 15 about, minutes. Yeah, about an hour, gentlemen, break. Good time. took a nap. No, we fried them. Fried eggs. That's good stuff. But, yeah, we got to see a lot of river and a lot of greasy-looking areas. No wildlife? Uh, we saw deer th- three eagles. Yeah, three eagles? bald eagles all at once. Mm-hmm. And I saw one deer on the way in. And I saw one deer on the way out. Did you guys see me pointing at it? Mm-hmm. Up on that field. That was a big deer. Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> I saw some horses running around in a cornfield that looked goofy as shit this morning. One you know, ass. And we were kind of lucky today, too, because yesterday... Um, <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, I met up with uh, Matt, and he brought the smith up. And we floated the stretch. We... Launch where we took out today and floated a lower five miles of it. And the wind yesterday was unbearable. I mean, right from when the first sun came up, it was just, it started with 10, 15 mile an hour winds. And then by 1130, it was just steady 25s from there on out. And it's just blowing you across. So at least today we had a little bit of gusting, but yeah, today nearly. The, the wind wasn't that bad today. Dude, you picked the right day to do it. Yesterday it was cold. 
Yeah. Today, it warmed up a little bit. It was actually sun. Well, it peaked through a little mm-hmm. bit, but it, it warmed up. It was it, all frost when we got there yesterday morning. Well, I was going to say, it was like 40 or 30, upper 30s compared to it being feeling like 20-some the past two mornings. It, it was, it's was it been cold here, dude. We've had definitely some cold nights, clear nights. That water is dipping. Yesterday, I had to waste my life going to work. Ah. Terrible, man. 40, it was 42 yesterday, water temps, and they're holding, or at least where we were. Uh, I know, I've been seeing puddles frozen. 42.3 there, so yeah, it's still. <laughs> we did get catch the one decent day we're going to have for the next. Oh, we're supposed to. We're nice projected for, for three plus inches of snow Tuesday, Monday night into Tuesday. Well, so, we, I want to tell one quick story real quick before we uh, scooch into the weather. Um, we were. We just got in, and we were going underneath a bridge, and there's some guy just standing out watching us. It's like, what are you guys fishing for? Some musky. <laughs> he said, I said, do you, do you normally have luck on this stretch? He said, I'm not from around here. I just uh, I, I just wanted to watch you guys fish for a minute. I said, oh, that's cool, man. He said, well, how deep is it? I said, let me check my depth finder. Put your oar down? No, I, I just like, I looked to my side. I looked to my other side. I looked at him and said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Should have said fish deep. It, there's definitely fish in here. We don't we don't need to know the depth. After after we rode away, I, I thought of a really, really obscene joke. I was like, I should have told that guy that it is as deep as, and then... Mark was like, don't, don't you ever say that to anybody. <laughs> I think I might have shot you for that. <laughs> so, there'll be no obscene jokes going to people to ask how deep the river is. <laughs> but they're going to get the standard, uh, let me check my depth finder. <laughs> should stand up with your oar and push it down as best you can. Like, I don't know, past this. Well, we were in a pretty pretty sweet looking back eddy, so I didn't really want to mess anything up, yeah. and I kind of wanted to keep the guys in position. So, yeah, it was nice having having the big boat today. Yeah, yeah, the drifter's a lot nicer to have up. I just, it's not, it's a more roomy. Uh, if we can fish it, I'd almost rather fish it just because it's it doesn't get blown around as easy. It's just places we can't, you know. Yeah, I mean, we don't. I mean, yeah, that that water's pushing there, but it's not like rapids or anything of that nature. So it's pretty easy rowing. Just once you get it going, you know, there's a lot more room. And I mean, yeah. that river there, if you don't have wind, the Smith's fine in it. But with wind, oh. And like you said, I I've, I've been trying to eliminate snag points in that that boat so it's getting good better today it's getting better i didn't get the fish out of the back at all today was it i liked it it's not bad the back's normally the back's normally pretty roomy that creek's not getting any better though no i i oh, still hate that thing. i hate that place i have still never moved the fish there and that back-to-back days and i even left yesterday and went to a little place that usually always puts up a fish ran through it for about an hour and a half and i was like I'm kidding. You're worse, you're worse than me along the side oh. of the damn street. I got yeah. We finished up there, so I took off. Hold the sign. I'll do anything for Muskie. <laughs> Beat the crap out of him. Like you gotta be kidding. Couldn't where the Muskie at? And then what? But tomorrow we have everything all planned, and where we're gonna go? They're calling eight inches of snow. Is so that that cute? Up? I got a rod in my truck. I'm 
take it out when we get home and switch it out for a different rod. <laughs> yep, time to go wade. And that's the bad part with all that rain. There's only a couple areas we can go wade and walk and wade at. Everything else is shot and rocking. Uh, the, the fish are there, man. <laughs> Made for I, a crap I, few. I bet the, well, couple, well, we don't got that much water. I, I wouldn't say piney areas mm-hmm. didn't get so much it's, as we did, does it? That, uh, it's cranking. Huh. Yeah, no, we took some rain Highs on the other day. 450, It's over 800 right now. Yeah, well, just, we don't got nowhere to put it. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere has got it's gotten full. its water. You know what I mean? Finally, back to that. So <laughs> fuck off, we're full. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Don't leave it where it is, so we can catch some fish if you could. Yeah, no, it'll it'll take a couple of day, day or so. And I don't know. At this time of year, every you're not gonna have runoff happening again. Like we've like had we rain. Were. How long? No, we got some. That was like Tuesday, some rain, uh, heavier, two heavy rains the week before, but it, them were big rains. Yeah. So we spoke with, uh, we, we can be talking with muskies for a little longer? Or sure. I'm going to keep talking to muskie. I was going to say, I, I talked to Evans the other day, or just yesterday, and man, he, he sent us a picture today. Somebody got their first uh, Lake Erie coho up there with uh, Queen City guiding. That seemed like a pretty cool little fish to catch. I I haven't seen one, or it's been a long, long time. They haven't. Do they even still stock them? Do you know? Ah, oh, no, they were fish are just, All just there. Natural. Awesome. Seems like a pretty cool thing. We'll also talk to him. You know, he's, the lake's pretty much. Uh, it was churned up. He said they got a little bit of chocolatey up there in the yeah, Niagara. Yeah, isn't isn't clear yet. The it's getting better. But that's a whole week ago. Some he went, of the high winds did he that. Just, it's it's all it's settled back down a bit. He said they were down there not too long ago. And it was nice better. and fishable. Yeah, yeah than, the, a little bit better. than the chocolate milk it was. Yeah, last week I'm sure it churned it up when we were up steelhead fishing. Man, windy day. She was nasty. Yeah, I'm still glad I didn't go with you guys that day. But the, I but I did se- give you a good tip and you didn't follow it. So we're not selling Whatever. it. Yeah, I told you to go where I hammer them. Now, I used to hate that creek, but they... We're not talking to still. I just wanted to mention that. Quick mention for Evans up there, you know, doing a good job out there guiding. And, you know, I can't wait to go see him here in a little bit. We're not talking steelhead in here anymore. Speak, uh, speaking of that... Shut up. That's what you're going. You got a, You have a yearly trip planned to go steelhead fishing, but you don't ever go steelhead fishing. So how are you any good at steelhead fishing? It's, it's ball bucator fishing. It's easy enough. Mm. So mm. speaking of our yearly... Trip. I'm going with you this year. Uh-huh. Um, next week, we have Michael McNaught coming on to the podcast talking about that. The following week, we're open, boys. We we need someone. All right. Time um, to get back at it again. Yeah. Well, we were booked out for, what, like six weeks in a row there. So. And then the week after that, which would be December 3rd, we're taking a week off because Jay and I will be in Niagara fishing. <laughs> Hopefully catching. Hopefully having a good time. I'm sure well, it will be a good time regardless of the catching, but the, hopefully the catching will be on, and it won't be too too much got off of work. Tie you some pink white deaths. I I can I can guarantee it. It will work. And run the double beat. Uh, Sorry. Run the double <laughs> no, we were, beat. But back to yeah. We I wanted to, we wanted to talk to I wanted to get that in, but wanted to talk a little bit more about today. There was some. Funny, funny things that happened on today's trip, oh, float trip. I mean, yeah. if there wasn't a mu- if there wasn't a muskie caught, there was about as much laughter and as about as there much. There was not a muskie caught. No, they heard you laughing. Oh, they must have heard us <laughs> laughing. We t- oh, we- I'm gonna let you 
tell whatever you want because you were the butt of most of the jokes, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll let that no, go. No, we'll let you go as far as you oh, want. Oh, it doesn't make it. Oh, the, the, the last joke I made myself, more or less. But no, you know, once in a while, you know, as a man in a relationship, you find your foot in your mouth. <laughs> you know, talk to your wife a little bit. You know, sooner or later, your foot's going to end up in your mouth. It's probably happened to both of you, too. Not twice in a week, though. <laughs> Not twice in a week. <laughs> you don't have to go any further than so, that. So sticking things in rat traps and hair might not be the color that you would prefer at the time. Uh, you know, probably I best was, just to let that go. Yeah, I, I was just being honest. You know, uh, did you stick her hair in a rat trap? You. No, no. I, uh, I mentioned, I mentioned that you know. Marriage, not you know, and okay, this is all after you the know. The fuck do you know about marriage? Mm-hmm. Just saying, I wouldn't do it. I I wouldn't do it over again. I I would uh, marry fishing and uh, you know kiss your that, wife, kiss stick, your girlfriend's no, I ass. Wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stick. I said I wouldn't stick. You'd my, have to kiss your girlfriend's ass better. I I said it in a very you know she's just your girlfriend stupid way. You know you you don't stick your thing in a rat trap twice type of deal. That was like how the phrase kind of went, you know, and yeah. 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 See, the the, see, there's the problem because you're probably talking to your wife like you're talking right now. Yeah. Shut the. You're in trouble, bud. Yeah. You're in big trouble. And then, and then went the, over like a wet fart in a confessional. Yeah, and then the you know the dirty penny comment didn't go over very great either. So yeah, we you know. I thought it was a shiny penny and a dirty nickel. Or a rusty nickel. I don't think it was that exact word. So you just get the the, but, the jokes wrong and get in trouble. No, oh, yeah. like I said, that's how I embellished it. <laughs> Pretty comical, I'll give you that. <laughs> but once again, this goes back to the person in the rower seat. That's their job. <laughs> yeah, Chad was keeping it light. No. <laughs> so then it, you know, I don't know. I don't know how. I was how rowing <laughs> on the one and I was keeled over crying. I, I, I literally had tears just pouring down. I was laughing so hard from the one Chad hammered Jay with. I don't. Where did that one even it, come from, though? I don't. I don't know where we even I derived don't. me sticking vibrating <laughs> utensils up my nostrils. That's just what I. That's what I think about when, when we're floating. I think about your nose and places you could put it, and how to enhance it. All I can visualize is <laughs> Jay like, with these two big pink things shoved up his nose. He's going. <laughs> hey, babe, come here before the batteries run out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but that's like J on PEDs, performing enhancing, enhancing drugs. <laughs> yeah, it would the be. best ones. He needs them. <laughs> He'd just be sitting there like Chris Brown. I'm a maniac. <laughs> Those vibrating. Oh, jeez. So I will say, I I did make some jokes like that, and Mark laughed so hard he was crying, and his tears were freezing to his cheeks, which also made us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point, I don't know, my wife told me that a photo of my behind parts might or might not be able to make the internet. She said, you can't put that on the internet. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, that's totally up to you. I'm, I'm going to edit that picture, totally over-edit it, and I'm going to send it to you, and you can do with it as you wish. You could delete it and throw it in a dumpster, or you can do whatever you want with it. But that's yours. <laughs> He's sick, Chad. <laughs> we'll pull, I'm sure it'll f- surface on the SVS page, or it'll be like, I don't know if it'll be like another ass. Look, 
picture that kept surfacing for about oh, yeah. five years and we haven't seen for a while. I and lost I, that picture with my old phone. Thank God. Uh, uh, Slater's ass was the finest. <laughs> it definitely put mine to shame. Yes. For comical reasons, yes, you put your ass to shame. <laughs> but at least he was getting changed in that picture when I snapped it. You're, you're peeing like a three-year-old with your <laughs> yeah with your waders around your ankles <laughs> floating down the middle of the river. Oh, I just thought it'd be funny if one of you turned around and my ass was hanging out. <laughs> I thought Jace was gonna show you a picture of you peeing. <laughs> he's, he's no. like our guy's already. <laughs> you talk about circulating. So oh. I had that picture on my phone of your naked butt, and I was showing Ashley pictures from today. Mm-hmm. And I just I was like, "There's a picture of JP and like you peeing like with your waders up." Mm-hmm. And I just kept <laughs> scrolling and scrolling. I said, "And there's another picture of JP in." <laughs> And your shorts are on your knees. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, that's his butt. So I will say Jay's butt has nary a hair on it. It is smooth as a baby's behind. <laughs> Whereas me, I look like Tarzan. You look like you got butt wheat stuck between your butt cheeks. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a gorilla. Uh, <laughs> gorilla hand in there. A gorilla in my shorts. <laughs> I, I can't help myself, man. You know, she doesn't have to worry about her fingers getting tangled in there or anything. <laughs> so, did you take clippers to them? To your butt cheeks? I don't <laughs> shave them at all, Chad. Are you talking about, like, the exterior, like, the backs? You're fucking sick, fuck. You got, you, what do you got, like, two handprints shaved in yours? On the back, so you don't, so you could just reach back there and. Every once in a while, I put my hands in the paste that you used to eat, <laughs> and then I stick it on my butt cheeks, and I go <laughs> and rip it out. Rip them off. So we should we should put duct tape across your ass then, and give her a go. It's not like we'll, we'll live feed that. <laughs> just duct tape, nothing special. A good waxing. I'll take uh, I'll yeah. take one to the nipple if you do it. Is Nair forever? No, <laughs> no, but it's you, longer than shaving, though. Huh? You'll be balder than the bald you already are. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should just nair the top of my head, huh? I was just say should. we should nair a full landing strip on top of Chad's head. No, my Dude, hair's already. I'll just get yeah, hanging up by a thread. It looks like a wispy <laughs> field on top there with like a helicopter pad. We um, just dude, str- listen, mine's bad. At the front of it. Mine's bad. I stood up and I hit my head on something today and I went straight back down. I was like, ooh, ooh, and the kid ran away. The little boy ran away. He's like, I thought you were going to cry. I was like, no, when you're bald, that shit hurts. It hurts way more. Like it hurts. I was over there like, like, like uh, Peter Griffin, like, ah, ah. <laughs> do it for 45 seconds. At least, dude. <laughs> <laughs> to freak out. Oh, thought, I was like, what'd you think so I was going to turn into the freaking Hulk or something? <laughs> uh, but You're definitely balding. Yeah, whatever yeah. you said, dude. You can't catch fish like I do. I don't care what hair I got. But anyway, here's something pretty cool. I took the kid and bought him a hunting license. But then he shot a 410. He was like, uh-uh. That loud. That pretty loud, bro. He didn't dig it? Nah, that shit popped off. And he was like, you shoot it. Yeah, I was like, you want me to shoot it? He's like, yeah, you shoot it. He didn't He didn't like that. So maybe he could shoot a bow. Maybe I get him on a, like a BB gun or something. 22 to start? Yeah, 410 ain't shit. What are you, 
We just, you got you can only go up from here, bud. It's a lot. It's a lot. The twenty two is a lot less loud than. Yeah, we'll get there. He wanted to shoot a gun like this was Easter or something. It was like earlier in the year, and I was like, Nah, I'll get you on something different or something. I you know go a different route. Something we gotta learn a little bit and. Fuck it, he got a hunting license. That's pretty pretty awesome. Seven years old, don't hunting license. That's that's sweet. Doesn't have to, you know. There's a, it's like an apprenticeship type deal. So, what what's hunter safety like in Ohio? Well, you can go. You don't need to take the course to own a license, to own an apprentice license. But with an apprentice license, you can purchase a deer tag. You can go out and hunt. But you have to be with an adult. Yes. Yeah, and why would, you know, you would, if you went hunting with your son, you'd be right there, you know what I mean? We Hell, I'll just carry one gun. I'm not worried about me hunting, you know? So we went and took a walk the other day, and I let him blast a gun off once, and he was like, I don't think he was ready for how loud it was going to be. So 410 with shot shells? Yeah, just your not, not stand- with slug. No, standard, you know, high brass, six shot or something, nothing major. Hey, uh, I'll use that 410 if you don't want, bro. Take him out in the high squirrel woods. Yeah, oh, no, shitty squirrel woods. I didn't. We seen one on the way back. We seen like one nest at the parking lot it had a vine in it. So I taught him. I was like, yeah, if you're really hurting or you're out with your buddies, you can shake the vine up to the nest and he'll come running out. Taught him a couple of tricks. But uh, the rest of the walk, we seen a tree stand. We sat for a little bit and didn't see no other nest. So just a just a spot I was checking out a little different access into some game lands like the backside of some game lands i hunt uh from time to time go out and enjoy the the public lands right chad 100 percent, man there's a sweet looking creek through there that who knows could what could be in it looks deep as shit it looks as deep as it is wide so like at least 10 feet it's a weird creek but I'm sure fish migrate up through it. We're gonna talk about this off air. Yeah, it's 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 crazy area. It's but but it's a kind of a hike back into it. It's off off of the off the beaten path a little bit. Cool, because I found another creek over in Ohio that my cousin just moved into, and I'm pretty sure it's gonna have some smallmouth in it. Oh, I I think that that creek may have more toothy fish in it, but don't know if it's any kind of concentration it's deep water like so it's like a it's like a beaver dammed up type creek yeah we're gonna definitely have to talk about this off air it's cool cool like in the settings cool because it's the middle of a game lands like you're you're in the woods it'd it'd look like your buddy's pictures you'd be like down in nowhere nobody could tell where you were fishing anywhere so it's pretty cool place Tell you what, though, after doing consecutive stretches on that, definitely a big difference in each float. Yeah, and you've done upper stretches before, also. That, yeah, that river yeah. every every stretch is a little bit different. Everyone is. So I mean, that, the the lower stretch had a lot more back eddies and just like even it was a lot longer just main straightaway we had to go. So seventy five percent of that float was a straightaway. But there was like four or five foot indentations that kept coming out and making a real nice back eddy like every mm, 50 yards or so. So you had a series of five, six of them that were real good to fish at the beginning of the straightaway. And it's just each one was a touch bit. They're all different. different. They, they all have, have a personality. The, the lower one of that, though, definitely looks more musky oriented. Because, see, we did that one you did yesterday, and we did it as a smallmouth float. And we end up yeah. catching. Oh, I dude, that 
to that's me. I, that's the only time I ever fished. I fished that once. Like that was like, I wish I would have used a fly rod. As uh, I was back when I was. If anyone really wants to hear about it, they can go back in our archives. And I think the name of the, oh, we caught fish. The name of the show was big shout out to that red spinner bait. <laughs> it, dude, I caught I caught fish, but I, it was like they were all over. There was there was fish there to be had. It was a big shout out to that red spinner bait. Other guys caught some fish. You know, I ain't gonna name them. Wasn't Jason. Jason got one or two, but. I got a couple. Yeah, I think everyone caught you know, fish right. that day except MBJW. And we, oh yeah, man, he was upset. Yeah, <laughs> but but he was there. He was he was throwing chatter baits and although he had all the bass stuff, he was ready or not. He <laughs> was ready. He tried. He he fished hard, but I fished in front of everybody, so kind of not fair. Sorry guys. Next time I won't. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So, uh, do we have anything else we really want to hit on? Yeah. You got planned anything good for the next couple of days? You gonna bust it out and just slug it's, it, slug it, slug it until it works? It's yeah. super, super sweet November, even for like guys like Mark. If you're if you're a musky fisherman, not get right out. now. These next few days are crap. Get out and good thirty five mile an hour winds and punch of snow coming. Well, I'll tell you what. What you can't get, you can't get shit on the couch. That's that's yeah. my motto right there. So if you get a chance, like sweet November, guys are out hunting. I know they're. They're enjoying it or, you know, having a tough time. Sit, be patient. Uh, that's all I can tell you. That's how the game goes. you got to wait for them opportunities, right? Get out while we can. It's going to be really cold soon. Mm-hmm. Good luck. And this show brought to you by our sponsors and people we're happy to have with us. PredatorFlyGear.com UrbanFlyCompany.com they were hooks. Sims Fishing. Simsfishing.com. Why yep. not fishing? Check the app out. It's uh, the dock. It's where local fishermen or fishermen from all over can, you know, throw stories around and, and shoot the shit. And Yeti Coolers, man. Check them out at Yeti.com. If you want to get a trip with our tonight's guest, go to Claire Anglers. Eau Claire. Eau Claire Anglers. Or what was uh, what was the other one from up north? I don't know. I'm going to check it out. He's on Facebook. You he's on uh, Insta. And he sounds like he's a fun guy to fish with. Loves the fish. Pretty accessible also. Shout out to Queen City Guiding. Check him out. And River Tactical Flies.
Police coming after.